Hey there, it's Tom Ryan, founder and CEO of ICR. Before we get into the next episode, I wanted to ask that you subscribe to the show. It'll help us get even more unique and interesting guests on the podcast and in turn continue to educate management teams and the growing ecosystem that creates value for fast-growing private and public companies. And while you're at it, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. Very much appreciated. If I had to sum it up with what clients are dealing with right now, I think recalibration is is the operative word. It's not only a recalibration of, of valuations, but a recalibration of your operating model, a recalibration of investor expectations, a recalibration of maybe how you're thinking about your employee count, just a recalibration of everything. Being a public company can be hard. Small missteps can have outsized consequences. I'm Tom Ryan, founder and CEO of ICR, and over the last 20 years, we've helped thousands of companies understand and navigate the stock market and the media. We'll demystify these and other increasingly complex stakeholder groups so you can focus on what you do best, building your company, and unlocking your true potential. This is Welcome to the Arena. Tech companies are working harder than ever to prove their resilience in an increasingly noisy market. And for investors, the pandemic has highlighted the need to adapt and dig deeper into business models, management depth, and outlooks. Joining me today on this episode of ICR Industry Reports is partner Greg McDowell, head of our Technology IR Group. Greg has spent the last 25 years fully immersed in software and other technology, spending 10 years at Oracle as an account manager, then moving to JMP, an investment bank based in San Francisco. He's seen the sector change over time, everything from the dot-com crisis through the pandemic and rewriting the tech rulebook. In this episode, we discuss the current volatility of tech stocks, how investor requirements are changing, and how detailed forward planning and high-quality communications are all key to success. Let's enter the arena with Greg McDowell. I joke, I probably had the worst timing ever um, joining Wall Street just before the global financial crisis, but I had a great mentor at, at JMP. I was on the software team as an equity research analyst covering the software sector. So I had the the privilege of, of being in the in the seat to see some of the very earliest SaaS IPOs or software as a service IPOs and just got lucky in a sense of riding this theme of cloud transformation and software eating the world and, and got to ride that wave. And it was while at JMP that I was exposed to ICR some ICR leaders were so involved in some of these early SaaS IPOs that uh, I was just really impressed with the team. And so now I'm on career uh, 3.0. I've spent almost you know four years now at ICR with the last couple of years running the tech group. And you know we, we focus on all things tech, although because of my software background, I spend the majority of my time working with software companies. What was the like the most valuable one or two things that you really took away from that experience at Oracle that translated into, you know, being a, a sell side analyst and then doing what you do today? 
Oracle at the time, and this goes back to the late 90s when the database wars were, it was very, very intense and it was still unclear who would emerge as the winner of the of the database wars. And in Larry Ellison, who was one of the, the founders and was the CEO for Oracle for many, many years, I mean, he was just such a competitor, hated to lose. Oracle had a reputation for just a very strong, strong sales culture where mediocrity was not tolerated and not you, rewarded and, not, yeah. and you've seen i mean mark benioff right the the founder and ceo of salesforce is is ex oracle so some of the biggest SaaS companies that have emerged netsuite for example we use netsuite here at icr he came from oracle too so just one of my big takeaways and being exposed to this so early in my career was you know a leadership team that just loved to win hated to lose did not tolerate mediocrity. Yeah, you don't take no for an answer. I love it. Tell me, uh, you know, for, for people who might not know, maybe talk about the group that you run, kind of the size of the group, how many companies, what kind of companies. Size of the group, over 30 people on my team, over 100 tech companies that we support. I really think about the tech group in in two main dimensions. The first dimension is the path to the public markets, right? Whether that's a, a regular way IPO, a SPAC, a direct listing, you know, the ICR tech group, we can help tech companies navigate their way to the, the public markets. So if you're a private tech company, you have aspirations to go public, we're there right by your side, helping you demystify the, the process. Because keep in mind, Tom, most of the time a CEO or a CFO They've never done an IPO or maybe they've done one in their entire career. So we're just there helping take the IPO process or the getting to the public markets process, breaking it down into its smaller components, what you should be doing right now, who are the, the key players. You know, this spans from helping you build investor awareness two to three years before going public, helping companies begin to operate like a public company helping companies think through how they should build a team of banks, what's called the syndicate, that's actually going to underwrite the IPO. And so just sitting by your side throughout the entire process, all the way to ringing the, the proverbial bell. So that's the first dimension of the group. The second dimension is once you are public, it's helping our tech clients run world-class investor relations or, or IR programs. And so making sure it's a seamless transition from the private markets to the public markets. We have a almost 100% conversion rate of our tech IPO advisory clients continuing to use us once they go public. And, you know, the investor relations discipline, that can be anything from how you engage with your shareholder base, how you retain your shareholder base, how you attract new shareholders, the blocking and tackling stuff, earnings calls, doing analyst days, going to conferences, just helping our, our clients think through all the various trade-offs to successfully run a public company. It's fascinating because the process of going public is very confusing. You know, all the, the bankers show up and they have pitch books and they're number one, two or three in every category. And it is important to have a group that sits squarely on your side, advising you, keeping you out of trouble, looking around the corner. And you guys have done an exceptional job of that within the tech group, uh, particularly in the last two years, which has just seen incredible growth. 
Greg, as we sit here today in June of 22, what's the sentiment in tech and what is the difference between stocks that are kind of hanging in there and ones that are just getting clobbered? So sentiment in stocks, Tom, I'm going to try to stay as upbeat as I can. I'm a tech guy. So, so <laughs> I know deep down, you know, if you're, if you're in tech, you have to be an eternal optimist, right? But it's incredibly noisy out there. There's lots of cross currents in the market. The market pullback for tech stocks has been absolutely brutal. And if I had to sum it up, with what clients are dealing with right now. I think recalibration is is the operative word. It's not only a recalibration of, of valuations, but a recalibration of your operating model, a recalibration of investor expectations, a recalibration of maybe how you're thinking about your employee count, just a recalibration of everything. And I do think the collective tech community is maybe a little shell-shocked right now. And I'll double click on it on a few of a few of the things going on, but I'll just say I'll, I remain really hopeful, right? And and we can get into that why this time period feels so so different than the two thousand dot com bust. But just double clicking on a few different things in terms of of sentiment. So recalibration of valuation, right? I mean that that's that's reflected in just this. This brutal multiple contraction in tech stocks, and you know we don't need to get into a list of who's down fifty percent, seventy percent, ninety percent. But just suffice it to say that you know over a trillion dollars in market cap in SaaS stocks specifically has just been wiped out. And you know when you think about investor sentiment and the recalibration of investor sentiment, we've violently pivoted from this growth at all costs environment to, hey, what's your near-term path to profitability, right? And so how do we see this playing out in real time with our clients? One phrase you're increasingly hearing is like, if you're a tech company, do you have a fully funded business model? So what that basically means, right, is can your business survive without another capital raising event. So if you're if you're already public, right, you need to do this real time and live. And if you're still private, you have to think about it in a two different ways, right? If if you're earlier stage private, you know, you got to think about, you know, how you're going to execute that next round of capital is it is it going to be a down round? If you're later stage private and you know we we here at ICR have you know a very large backlog so we see this up close but if your next round is your IPO right you now have to sort of think about if you plan to raise x amount of money a year ago well now you're just not going to be able to potentially raise as much at the same valuation as before and maybe you're not doing it on the same same time frame. So I think there's a, a lot of conversations going on with tech companies in boardrooms right now about really the path forward. Much like in 2009, all the letters from uh, the big venture capital firms uh, in Northern California, they all kind of came out on cue, you know, get to profitability, which might be the bottom. I don't know when, when that letter comes out, it might be the bottom of the market, but certainly, you know, you make a really good point on balance sheet, strength, pricing, power, diversification, things like that. Not every company is there and telling one story is so important. And I think companies that are great at it, aren't afraid of that pivot, you know, like the whole 
talking to investors and the media is like kind of scary, you know, for a lot of management teams. But at the end of the day, they know the company far better than anybody on Wall Street and, and they know how to articulate the merits of it. And it's just a matter of, of engaging versus uh, pulling back because um, you may not think you have a story, but you always have a story to tell, right? You bring up a good point, Tom, on articulating the merits, right? And what we're seeing in in this environment, especially with tech companies, right, which is is a growth sector of the economy, but what tech clients are really focused on right and right now and investors is how do you prove out the durability of your revenue growth profile, right? Every investor wants to get comfortable that a tech company can sustain a multi-year trajectory of very, very healthy growth, whether that's 20%, 30% plus. So, you know, and in this environment, right, where does your solution, where does your tech solution land on that spectrum of is it discretionary, is it non-discretionary? So how do you prove out the revenue model? What's the resiliency of the revenue model? And along those same lines, back to this theme of path to profitability and your unit economics, right? Are your unit economics, you know, and that can be expressed in things like your payback period or your LTV to CAC or the magic number, are they going in the right direction? And so, you know, you, you put those things together and even though we're, we're in a risk-off environment right now, I think there could be signs that maybe we're potentially finding a bottom in some of these names. In an economic environment made complicated by issues such as war in Europe, supply chain issues, and inflation, software fills a need for efficiency and simplicity. By design, it's meant to improve efficiency and reduce excess costs, so it only makes sense that many software companies are actually benefiting from current conditions. Software is eating the world, digital transformation is here to stay, and one reason it feels different to me compared to the 2000.com crisis and a lot of great companies did emerge from that crisis. But when I think about like, Tom, let's just think about ICR's tech landscape for a minute and where we spend money on SaaS software, right? There, there are just things we are absolutely not going to stop using, right? Our accounting system is NetSuite. Even in a very, very deep, deep recession, Tom, you and Bobby and, and Don are not going to unplug. I'll get fired before we get rid of NetSuite. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, you know, our whole productivity system is, is based on Microsoft, right? Our CRM system, right, is based on HubSpot. Our meeting system is based on Zoom video. Our payroll system is based on Paylocity. We use software systems to serve our clients, whether it's a FactSet or a Bloomberg. And so there are probably very, very few tools within ICR, because right, ICR effectively runs on the cloud. Like we can't unplug these tools. Now, we saw unprecedented revenue growth in 2020 and 2021. So of course, those software vendors that we use were absolutely beneficiaries, right, of ICR's growth. And the number of times we'll call them this year to say, hey, we need to increase our licenses by X much. Like, we're not calling them as much this year. But the reality is those vendors are all going to be fine. My final question, Greg, is what are you advising clients right now in this environment? I mean, are, you, are companies, you know, actively in one-on-one -on -one meetings? Are they organizing investor days? Are, are companies getting out there and telling the story? Or are they more like playing defense right now? I think the worst thing you can do right now is bury your head in the sand, 
right? And hide. And so we're encouraging our clients to, you know, lean in on communicating. We've seen lots of investor days recently with a lot of our clients. A lot of our clients are introducing things like what is our medium term or intermediate term model, right? So we have our long-term model out there. We have our, you know, this year's guidance out there, but how do I give you like a one to three year trajectory of what the business looks like? So I just think lots of investor days doing investor perception studies, getting feedback from everybody on what you're doing now is definitely not the time to disappear. You know, if you think about it, companies that did an IPO in the last two years, they're well capitalized at this point. So if you can get out there, tell your story about your durability of revenue growth, your strong unit economics, you have a leadership position or gaining market share, and you're attacking a, a large and secular growth market, right? Really big TAM. You can be an exceptional business in many different economic environments. So you check those boxes, you have those attributes, you're in a pole position. If you're a tech company like that, you should leverage that leading position. You should be able to leverage your balance sheet and use this period of uncertainty to really consolidate your share and maybe even pull ahead of your competitors. Tech companies now more than ever need to be transparent and on point telling their stories. There's too much noise in the echo chamber and too many companies vying for attention. It boils down to consistency and trust, and that combined with a growing business is what attracts capital in this kind of market. A big thank you to Greg for coming on the podcast today. Really great stuff, Greg. Greg and his team help over 100 tech companies navigate the public markets, which increasingly is no easy feat. It's a big job, really important one, and companies should take the current pullback as an opportunity to rethink how they tell their story to all stakeholders. This is Tom Ryan. We'll see you next time back in the arena. References to specific stocks are not intended to be recommendations for specific trading behavior. Comments presented on this podcast are intended for informational and educational purposes only and do not represent opinions or recommendations on whether to buy, sell, or hold shares of a particular stock. All investors are advised to conduct their own independent research into individual stocks before making a trading decision. In addition, investors are advised that past stock performance is no guarantee of future price performance.